on investing in real estate with no and low money down, real life strategies for investing in real estate using other people's money. Written and narrated by Brandon Turner, copyright 2019 to Bigger Pockets. Dedication. Creative real estate investing is never easy, but it is often filled with uncertainty, stress, and a healthy dose of hard work. Therefore, this book is dedicated to the woman who stuck by me through every difficult moment and offered life-saving insights at every step. For Heather, my bride. Chapter 1. The Art of Creative Real Estate Investing Allow me to start this book talking about one of my favorite things, pizza. Sure, it may seem like a rather absurd way to start a book on buying real estate with little to no money down, but bear with me a moment and it'll all make sense. When I go out to the pizza store to pick up a pepperoni pizza with extra cheese, I got one choice, to pay for it with my hard-earned money. I suppose I got other choices, but I'd rather avoid the orange jumpsuit and forced community service involved in theft. However, the rules for real estate investing are actually not as hard and demanding as those for buying pizza and other consumer goods. So you'll have many more options. Better yet, those options are not only legal, they are also a lot of fun to learn and apply. I call this process creative real estate investing. One of my favorite aspects of real estate investing is the ability to exchange the cash needed for creativity. In my world, this is the truest definition of creative real estate investing. You can't easily do this with stocks, mutual funds, gold, or most other kinds of investments. If you wanted to buy gold but had only $1,000 to spend, you'd probably just buy $1,000 worth of gold. If the price of gold then doubled over the next decade, you would make only another $1,000 in that 10-year time frame. If it doubled again the following decade, you'd now have $4,000 in your portfolio. You can imagine how long building serious wealth might take you with that method, especially with the market fluctuating so greatly. In fact, gold has done tremendous things over the past decade, climbing from $282 per ounce in February of 2000 to over $1,400 per ounce in mid-2019. While that rise may seem incredible, it's only incredible for those who had a significant amount of money to begin investing with. After all, if you had bought that $1,000 worth of gold in 2000, today you'd have approximately $5,000, hardly anything to quit your job over. The same applies to the stock market and mutual funds and fine wine and nearly all other investments. Now, there's nothing wrong with investing in those other things. And in fact, I recommend a balanced diet with respect to investments. But if you have little or no money, getting started can take a long time to build wealth. Kind of frustrating, isn't it? However, with real estate, you can leverage your knowledge, time, and creativity to essentially make money from nothing. This is what creative finance is all about replacing cash with creativity, money with motivation, and dollars with determination. Do you have that creativity, that motivation, and that determination? If so, you can do some amazing things to improve your family's financial future. If not, don't worry. This book is going to show you the way. Who am I? My name is Brandon, and I'm addicted to creative real estate investing. I started investing in real estate at the age of 21 with no credit, no cash, and honestly, no idea what I was doing. However, I had decided that I was going to be a real estate investor, come hell or high water, so that is what I set out to do. I read every book the regional library system had on real estate investing, spoke with every real estate investor I could find in my area, attended landlord meetings to network, and continued to work my day job, making barely above minimum wage for the first few years. Fast forward to today. 
I'm 34, I'm not a billionaire, I don't drive a super fancy car, and I've made more mistakes in real estate than I'd like to admit. However, I've also amassed a portfolio of rental units and flipped or wholesaled a variety of properties that have provided me with enough income to support my family whether I maintain a day job or not, and I've purchased almost every property using little or no money of my own. I don't say this to brag. The truth is, I didn't jump into creative finance because I was some super genius or because I was trying to achieve some astronomical return on investment. I jumped into the world of creative finance because, frankly, I was broke. I acquired most of my early properties while I was either self-employed or working for less than $15 an hour. I simply had no choice. Be creative or don't invest at all. Along the way, I've made a lot of mistakes, wasted a lot of time, and made more than a few bad investments. However, the many lessons I've learned from it all have made me the investor I am today. So my hope is that I can now share those with you. All that said, this book is not about me. This book is about you and your future. No matter what your past has been or how much money is in your checking account, this book is about giving you the educational tools you need to start investing in real estate, whether you have a million dollars in the bank or six bucks to your name. It's not about being broke or irresponsible. I realize that creative real estate investing holds a special appeal for people who have absolutely no money in their checking account. But I want to be clear that I don't equate creative real estate investing with having no money. Yes, the two often go together, but that's not what this book is about. After all, no matter how much money you have in your bank account or IRA, there will always be real estate that you cannot afford. There is always another level, and getting to that level requires a strong commitment to creative real estate investing. Even the most wealthy and successful real estate investors use a heavy amount of creative finance to continue their business. I would even argue that their skills at buying real estate with no or low money down are what have contributed most to their success. Therefore, this book is for you if you are interested in doing more deals, enjoying more cash flow, and increasing your income through creative real estate investing. This book is not about getting rich. Yes, fortunes have been made in real estate, and some of those fortunes have been made rather quickly. However, for the vast majority of real estate investors, this is simply not going to happen, and I'm not promising you anything different. This book is about applying creativity as leverage to acquire real estate, and this doesn't happen overnight. Building up a portfolio can take years, and the speed at which that portfolio grows depends heavily on a healthy dose of luck, location, and timing. That said, please don't be discouraged. Creative real estate investing truly is an amazing vocation that can transform your future and the financial destiny of your family forever. And I'm really excited to share with you the strategies I've used throughout my career. Who is this book for? There are hundreds of ways to make money in real estate and hundreds of books written about each of the various strategies. Therefore, I think we should discuss who this book is for before we jump headfirst into the content. This book is for anyone interested in investing in real estate using other people's money. Whatever strategy you expect to use or niche you plan to enter, I believe the lessons in this book can help you find greater success. Although I am primarily a buy and hold real estate investor, interested in the extra monthly income, the cash flow that owning numerous rental properties can provide, and even though I tend to mix in the occasional flip or wholesale deal just to keep things interesting, rental properties are my bread and butter and my area of expertise. That said, the lessons in this book will apply for those looking to engage in all types of real estate investing. In fact, 
Chapter 9 alone of this book deals exclusively with the concept of real estate wholesaling and finding amazing deals. So be sure to stick around for that. You can afford it. For the past six years, every week I've had the honor of sitting down with successful real estate investors on the Bigger Pockets podcast to ask them about how they've built their business, the successes they've had, the failures they've faced, and more. And perhaps the most popular segment of the show comes at the end during the famous four. Four questions we ask every guest every week. The first question is simple but powerful. What is your favorite real estate book? The number one answer given by at least 80% of our guests thus far has been the same. Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I am amazed by the sheer number of investors out there who credit this one simple book as the inspiration for their investing career, and I'm right there with them. This book was a huge turning point for me and motivated me to start thinking about my financial future in a new light. Although not a textbook for real estate in any way, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was foundational in the lives of many real estate investors because it changed the mindset of everyone who read it. Personally, it completely blew my mind wide open with new possibilities and new ways of thinking. Perhaps the greatest mindset expanding revelation in the book comes when Kiyosaki tells a story about the two men who had had a hand in raising him, his real dad and his best friend's dad. Each had a different way of guiding his family financially, which led to the author's dual perspectives on the financial matters. In the book, Kiyosaki states, Rich dad forbade the words, I can't afford it. Instead, Rich Dad required his children to say, how can I afford it? His reasoning, the words, I can't afford it, shut down your brain. It didn't have to think anymore. How can I afford it opened up the brain, forced it to think and search for answers. I still remember the day I read that. My entire world seemed to turn upside down. I had been raised in a household of, we can or we can't afford that. So I was accustomed to turning my brain off as soon as I reached the point of no. When I suddenly realized that there was a different way of thinking, something ignited inside me and my quest for creative finance began. At that point, I stopped saying I can't afford it and I can't do it and began asking, how can I afford it and how can I do it? I realized people were making money with real estate investing and were not using any of their own money. I was going to do the same and I hope this book will help you do so as well. However, before we go too far down the let's invest with no money road, we need to ask one fundamental question. Should you really invest in real estate with no money? A lot of people out there would advise you not to invest in real estate if you don't have a significant financial resources of your own to use as a large down payment. Others, such as popular financial radio talk show host and author Dave Ramsey, have even stricter views and argue that you should only invest in real estate if you can pay 100% cash for the property that you want. At the other end of the spectrum are those who would advise you to get into real estate no matter what, however you can. Scam, steal, and squeeze your way in to make a buck. After all, what is important is getting rich as quickly as possible so you can start driving that convertible, lying on that beach, and watching your money grow. All right, so what's the truth? Should you really try to invest in real estate using creative methods? Should you put this book down immediately and go get a second job working at a fast food joint? I can only speak for myself and my own risk tolerance, but I believe that a happy medium can be found. I believe all investments are risky to some degree. However, as the great hockey player Wayne Gretzky once said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. In other words, had I not taken that first step toward investing in real estate without any money, I wouldn't be where I am today. Have I struggled? Yeah. Have I lost money? Of course. Would I change any of that? Not a chance. 
I love the freedom that real estate investing offers, and I was willing to use my creativity in place of the cash needed to get started. I had more time and creativity than money, and I leveraged that into a profitable career, and I wouldn't hesitate to do it again. You know, if you are someone who advocates being content with a traditional job and saving up for that first cash purchase, more power to you. I wish you well, and I'm fully convinced that that is the best route for you to take. However, for me, working 40 years behind a desk so I can be a millionaire when I retire at 65 is hardly a worthy goal. I want to live today and when I retire. That's what motivated me to start creative real estate investing, and that's what continues to motivate me today. That said, I want to make a few things very clear about creative finance. I like to think of real estate as a game, and as such, certain rules must be followed. I call these the four rules of creative investing. The four rules of creative investing. You know, I like to speed. Traveling down the freeway, something just seems wrong about going the speed limit. I got to push the limit just a little bit. And this is what intrigues me about the Autobahn in Germany. This federal highway has no federally mandated blanket speed limit, which makes it a dream for people like me. However, just because the highway has no speed limit doesn't mean a driver can afford to be stupid. In fact, Autobahn drivers are mandated to control their speed during adverse weather conditions and in urban areas of the road. Additionally, an advisory speed limit of 81 miles an hour applies to the entire freeway system to protect drivers. What does this have to do with creative real estate investing? Creativity in real estate is kind of an open road that often appears to be rule-free. However, the same conditions that make it so exhilarating can also lead to the greatest crashes. Therefore, investing in real estate has its own advisory speed limits in the form of four important guidelines. These are four of the primary rules and advisory limits of creative real estate investing. These have been passed down from one established investor to another with the goal of keeping aspiring investors from crashing and burning. Number one, when investing creatively, you need to find even better deals than those who invest normally. Let me explain what I mean. Let's say a certain home is worth $100,000. A traditional investor might pay $100,000 for that home, putting a 30% down payment or 30 grand down on the property and make a nice return on investment from the cash flow. The cash flow, of course, is the extra money left after all of the expenses are paid. However, if I were to purchase that exact same house, but for only $60,000 because I took the extra steps necessary to get a great deal, which of us is in the better position? The traditional investor who has $30,000 of their cash tied up in their property and no real equity, or me, who has nothing invested, but owes less. Because the deal I obtained, I have far greater potential for profit and for a better return on investment than the normal investor, but a lot less of my cash is at risk because I have no cash invested at all. However, what if I decided to just be normal and pay full price for that $100,000 property with no money down? Well, most likely, my mortgage payment would be so high that good cash flow would be out of the reach and I would not have the equity necessary to be able to sell the property. In this case, the good investor would be in a better position because they only owed 70000 Hopefully you're following my argument here. Creative investing means you must invest in incredible deals or it's simply not worth doing. There are exceptions to this rule, of course. Sometimes the method of financing can sweeten a deal enough to entice you to jump in. We'll talk more about those strategies later in this book.
Number two, when investing creatively, you must be extremely conservative. I'm not talking politics here. I'm talking about planning for the future. This means assuming the worst when buying a property. Take as a given that taxes will go up, your unit will sit vacant for a certain percentage every year, higher than the average for your area, repairs will be numerous and expensive, and you'll need to evict deadbeat tenants. Plan for those costs and only buy a property that proves to still be a good deal, even after a conservative estimate. Although the analysis side of the real estate transaction is beyond the scope of this book on creative real estate investing, I encourage you to spend some time on the subject by studying how to analyze an investment property on bigger pockets. For a video tutorial on exactly how I analyze potential rentals, check out how to analyze real estate investments at biggerpockets.com slash analyze investments. Also, in chapter nine, I go into specific detail about how to analyze a property, including estimating repairs. So be sure to stick around for that. Number three, creative finance requires sacrifice. Remember my definition of creative finance, the ability to trade or replace cash for creativity? Notice that there is a trade-off involved, one you need to accept. Most of the methods I've discovered for acquiring real estate creatively weren't found in books. Instead, I discovered the method at 4 a.m. after an eight-hour brainstorming session with my wife, my pen, and my paper, desperately trying to figure out the missing puzzle piece that would enable me to close a deal. This is often the trade. It requires jumping through a lot of mental hoops, numerous conversations with others, and the ability to ask for help. Creative real estate investing is a puzzle that takes significant mental and sometimes physical effort to put together. If you want easy, then stick with a job, a big down payment, and average returns. There's nothing wrong with that, and I'd have chosen the same if I had enough money and income when I started, but I didn't, so I chose creativity. I chose to sacrifice. Will you? And number four, creative finance does not mean investing without a cushion. A wise man and mentor once told me, you can go broke buying good deals. Even though you need to get killer good deals if you're going to invest with little or no money down, you still need to understand that bad stuff happens. Murphy will show up on your doorstep and start knocking. He might even move his whole family in. If you don't understand that reference, just Google Murphy's Law. Therefore, maintaining a financial cushion to deal with problems is imperative. You don't need $50,000 in the bank to buy a small rental house, but you do need to be able to weather the storms that will come relative to the size of the property you're buying and the property's risk for loss. For example, if you needed to evict a tenant, could you handle several months of lost rent, more than $2,000 in eviction costs, and several thousand dollars to repair the property? What if you had to do this twice in the same year? I mean, these are important questions you must be able to answer or at least discuss. Many of the strategies in this book will deal with solutions for issues like that, so don't give up on the book quite yet if you're down to your last dollar. These questions do have answers, so hang in there and keep your brain turning. I can't tell you exactly how much money you'll need to save because that largely depends on a number of factors, including the strength of your targeted real estate market, your ability to manage effectively, your ability and desire to repair things yourself if needed, how difficult and lengthy evictions are in your state, how good your credit is, how much cash flow you can get on a property, the average purchase price of your target properties, the niche you enter, the strategy you use, and a whole lot more. The point is, be conservative, buy great deals, and have a financial backup plan. If this means spending six months working a second job to save up five grand to put into a savings account, then start that second job tomorrow. Maybe it means asking your boss for a raise or lowering your living expenses. Remember, you got to sacrifice sometimes. 
Whatever you need to do, get started as soon as possible. Stop wasting time on excuses and start planning for how you're going to get there. Furthermore, even though having a large financial cushion to weather storms can help you significantly offset risk, you cannot simply throw money at real estate investments and hope they turn out well. Education is key. Will you read the books, study the material, ask the right questions, and insist on becoming the best? I hope so. No money down. Myth, scam, or secret. I don't actually really like the phrase, no money down. Not because the approach is not possible, because the phrase, though, has been so worn and used by the late-night TV gurus who drive up in their red convertibles with two hot bikini-clad babes in the back seat. Big cars, big hair, big promises. No money down conveys a sense of easy money and a get-rich-quick mentality that is not only flawed and silly, but dangerous. As I mentioned earlier, wealth built through real estate investing is definitely not easy money, nor is it quick. However, does the widespread overuse of the phrase mean that the concept is impossible to achieve? Does investing in real estate with no money down really work? If you've made it this far into the chapter, you should know that it is possible. I've personally done it time and time again, and so have thousands of others, far more successful investors around the world. Investing in real estate without any money is not a scam or a myth, and it's not a secret that you need thousands of dollars to pay to unlock. It's simply the process of replacing cash needed with the creativity you have. There is a method to the madness of no money down real estate, and this book will outline numerous tips for buying property without using your own cash. I and thousands of other investors have used these strategies and tips for years. If you're still not convinced, let me try to make one more thing clear. Real estate is not free. It requires money. However, when we talk about investing with no money down, what we mean is investing with none of your money down. In other words, we're talking about using other people's money to buy real estate. Creative investing is about shifting the source of any needed cash depending on the strategy. You can do this in numerous ways, and this will all make much more sense as we start examining the different strategies in this book. For now, though, just understand that buying real estate with no money out of pocket or very little is a very real and possible thing if you are committed to learning the art. And yeah, it is as much an art as it is a science. This book will show you both. Having the right tool for the right job. Have you ever hired a handyman to do a job for you? When a handyman goes to a job site, they don't always know what they are going to need when they get there. So they bring a number of common tools, a hammer, a saw, a drill, etc., so that they'll be prepared for whatever they encounter. If the job requires that something be nailed, they can pull out the hammer. If the job requires a hole be drilled, they can pull out a drill. A good handyman is prepared with a toolbox full of tools to be able to address whatever is in front of them. In the same way, a good investor also has a toolbox, and you can fill yours with whichever tools you want. As you work your way through this book, you will learn a number of different strategies. Some of these are relatively easy to understand and apply, while others are high-level concepts that you may need to go over a few times and just jump into to fully grasp. Each of these strategies and concepts is a tool for your investor toolbox. You may not need each strategy today, and some you may never employ, but by having them in your toolbox, you will be a more prepared investor, one who can tackle more jobs and will have more success. After all, just like a handyman, the more tools you have, the more projects you can master. What to expect in this book. 
This book will examine a number of very different strategies for creative finance with real estate investing. But realize that these are only a small fraction of what could be possible when you start using your brain and adopt the how can I afford it mentality. I encourage you to take as many notes as you can so you can revisit the concepts when needed. Each chapter in this book will cover a different strategy you can use to invest in real estate with little or no money out of pocket. Each chapter will also include a thorough discussion of the risks, downsides, and potential problems involved. Additionally, numerous examples throughout each chapter will help break down the concepts into real-life actionable plans. If you have any questions as you work your way through this, I encourage you to visit the BiggerPockets forums and start asking them there. I can guarantee you that investors are hanging out in the forums right now at this moment who have experience in each and every one of the strategies I'm about to present. So learn from them by leaning on them. Ask them about their experiences, their mistakes, their successes, and fill your toolbox with the highest quality tools you can get. Will all these strategies work for me? The short answer is no. Think of this book not as a textbook, but as a piece of literature. One whose lessons can be applied internally, but not necessarily used as exact formulas. This book is about learning to think creatively and is filled with stories of individuals who have done exactly this. Your ability to carry out certain strategies will rely heavily on a number of factors, including your location, your personal place in life, like your family commitments, your free time, your willingness to sacrifice, etc. Also your finances, your personality, and more. For example, I might mention a rental house that an investor purchases for $120,000. Some of you might scream, $120,000 for a rental house? That's highway robbery! While others would shout, $120,000 for a rental house? That wouldn't even buy a parking spot in my area. Real estate investing and the strategies for creative finance are heavily defined by location. Does this mean the strategies outlined in this book will not work for your area? Well, not necessarily. You may be able to tweak a specific strategy to work wonders in your area. The point is to open your mind, learn what works in other markets, and train yourself to think creatively and apply those strategies to your own market. Now, if you're ready to get started, to open your mind to the possibilities of buying real estate for little or no money down, turn the page and we'll begin by talking about how I got started with an owner-occupied investment property. Chapter 2, Owner-Occupied Investment Properties At first, you might be a little confused. After all, aren't we supposed to be talking about investing, not buying a personal home? And if so, why am I using the term owner-occupied in this chapter title? I wanted to begin this section by discussing this special kind of real estate investment for two reasons. One, this is the way that I and thousands of other investors started our careers. And two, this can really be one of the absolute cheapest ways to get started investing in real estate. This chapter is going to focus on the strategy of combining your own home with sound investment principles to create a powerful method of getting started without much or any cash of your own. What exactly are we talking about? First, let's all get on the same page here. An owner-occupied investment property is real estate that has been purchased as an investment but that also doubles as a primary residence for the investor. In other words, the property is both your home and an investment property. Now, why would you want to do this? Because America loves homeowners. Owning a home is the American dream, and as a result, our society has created some excellent incentives for those who want to buy a home. 
And when you combine those benefits with the knowledge needed to profit at real estate investing, you can skyrocket your chances for success while lowering the threshold for getting started. For example, homeowners can purchase a home with a mortgage that requires as little as 0% down. Homeowners can get lower fixed interest rates. Homeowners can get qualified with lower credit scores. Homeowners are often given the first option to buy foreclosures, especially HUD homes, which are properties that have been foreclosed upon by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. And homeowners can often negotiate better deals with sellers. We'll go into the specifics on how to do all of this later in the chapter, but first, let's look at two primary ways of applying this strategy, single-family homes and small multifamily homes. Owner-occupied single-family homes. Let me tell you a tale of two college grads. You know, both graduated college with the usual amount of student loan debt, got married, found great jobs, paying five grand a month, and decided to buy a home for their family. The first buys a McMansion in the suburbs. The home is everything a family could want. Manicured lawns, granite countertops, Brazilian cherry hardwood floors, and more. The family is very happy, but spends roughly two grand a month just to pay the mortgage. And this is on top of their car payments, student loans, private preschool for their kids, and other middle-class bills. The second college grad buys a house knowing it'll not be the family's final home. They purchase a three-bedroom, two-bath home in a working-class neighborhood and put a little sweat equity into painting and landscaping, making it a great house to start out in. The best part? Their total mortgage payment is just $850 per month. After a year, both college grads, for whatever reason, want to move and decide to rent their home out. College grad number one quickly learns that the most he can get for his home is $1,800 per month in rent, but his payment is $2,000 a month, not counting maintenance, repairs, and other expenses. He can't sell the house because what he owes on it is the same as what its current value is. So by selling, he would actually lose money because he would have to pay 